Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, and I do want to give honor. There's Joseph, the gentleman who's been driving me for the last five days. Stand up, Joseph. I think you're in all the twisted plays and... You're just an awesome, awesome guy. And I do want to say this to you. Watch the month of June. The Spirit of the Lord is going to open up two effectual business opportunities that are going to come to you. First one's going to come around the 12th or the 13th of the month of June. And God's going to open and expand you relationally. And it's going to pay great dividends for your influence and impact. And from what you have happened in June will come an economic blessing that will show up in the month of August. God's seen how you serve people and he's positioned you through that service, and he's about to expand your influence and impact in the world around you. That's great to blossom. And your wife's practice shall blossom and flourish in the third quarter of this month with a whole brand new clientele. There'll be 39 brand new people that will come in in the third in the third quarter of this month, for the Lord has seen even how you've served, and as your wife has showed up to sacrifice to serve, look at the rewards, for Jesus says, that's greatness in my kingdom, and I will not owe man anything. He who serves my kingdom will have the benefits of my kingdom. God bless you. Sit down. All right, I got to speak. If you have your Bible, go with me. Psalm 23. I was in the back putting my shirt on and I felt like God gave me something I've never spoke before. So let's go for it. You ready? Psalm 23. It's famous. I spoke this at a funeral I did for one of the uh, African-American leaders of the world a couple months ago. I did a Jewish funeral. And I had a chance to lead the person to the Lord on their deathbed. And they let me do it with a rabbi. It was awesome. Rabbi Jason. Then I freaked him out, I think. <laughs> and uh, but I, there's a Psalm 23. I want to encourage you to get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, we'll get you one. If you don't have a Bible and we don't get you one, I'll buy you one. And the reality is this, get a Bible that you can read and you read it daily because you don't want to live off other people's faith this year. You need your own faith life. You don't want to live off the, you know what I mean? You have to be resuscitated by everybody else. But something happens when you make the Word of God a priority in your life. It will build you up. It will strengthen you. It will produce peace in your mind even when there's pressure around you. And it will begin to build inside you a mentality that will enlarge your vision beyond your current status, your current place. Because the Word of God is life. It enlightens your eyes. And it will show you paths of abundance, the Bible says in Psalm 65, 11. I don't know about you. I didn't come from a lot, but I wanted an abundant life. I didn't know how to terminate, use wording on that. But I wanted a rich life, not just having riches. I wanted a life where it had purpose, it had meaning, it had intent, it it lasted, and I found that when you get in the Word of God, you can have your own faith life, and it can change. Your faith can change your life. Someone say, it can change my life. And faith comes when you hear God's Word. So I encourage you to get a Bible that you can read, and if you will write this down, I want you to read Psalm 23 every single day of this whole month. You can do it. Six verses. Come on, six verses. You can do it. 
Come on, even if you're like on Hooked on Phonics, come on, and you're struggling at the Sylvan Learning Center to read, you can read six verses. Shorter than the Velveteen Rabbit, shorter than Dr. Seuss's books, you can read it. And I want you to read it out loud every day and start making it a prayer over your family, over yourself, and over your friends, and over your family. And parts of it might jump out to you, and something's going to happen because the Bible says, if my words live in you, and you begin to pray those words, my words will come to pass in your life. And by the way, I forgot to acknowledge Pastor Stacy with us today. Forgive me. How many grateful for Pastor Stacy? Forgive me. Sorry, Stacy, I apologize. So Psalm 23, here we go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Touch the person next to you, say, the Lord is my shepherd, I'm not going to lack. Come on, this is good. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and the restful waters, and he restores my soul. We could park right there. In a world with so much chaos, come on, isn't it nice to have a good shepherd that restores your soul, your mind, your emotions? He leads you in paths of righteousness for his namesake. In other words, for his own fame. And then verse 4, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Someone say, I will fear no evil. So that means even this year when stuff happens in the month of June and things become very, very crazy in the world for a little period of time, you're not going to fear evil because on February 4th of this year, you made a decision on a Sunday morning, while I might feel fear, I will fear no evil. How many know there's a difference between having fear and fear having you? I don't believe anybody operates great when fear's in charge because fear will paralyze you, sterilize you, and polarize you. It will isolate you from your help. It will paralyze your power, and it will torment and prevent you from becoming everything you become. Jesus said we shouldn't be intimidated by circumstances that will come at us in this world because he already overcome that. So how many know if I make the decision I'm not going to fear evil, I can live in faith toward God that no matter what's going on around me, I can still win within me? Somebody's got to get some resolution because things aren't going to get brighter on the planet. They're going to get darker. Ooh, are you a prophet of doom? No, I'm just speaking the truth. But God does his best work in the dark. It was dark, and God said, let there be light. God created out of love in the dark. God does his best work when there's tombs and things are dead. He walks into the dark to bring life. Don't be intimidated by dark times because you got the light in you. Someone say, I will fear no evil. Come on, you got to own that. And why are you saying that today? Because tomorrow morning when you're not in a church service, you don't have this awesome worship band up there, and you might be fearing paying bills, fearing what your kids might be doing, fearing a boss might laying you off. you got to be able to look in the mirror and say, I might feel fear, but I refuse to live in fear. I live by faith, not by my feelings. I will not live in fear this year. I'm not going to let fear pimp me out. Come on, somebody. I'm not as prostitute. I ain't for sale. You might offer me suggestions to live in fear, but I'm not going to do it. I will fear no evil. And the word evil there actually means poverty, 
sickness, and pain. How many of our days are robbed because we are anticipating lack, lack of love, lack of acceptance, lack of value, lack of care, lack of provision, lack of health, and that undermines every attempt of us to push beyond average. Come on. So we settle for where we are because we're afraid of being disappointed. In fact, if I was to say, I think there's a majority of us that had a lot of unfulfilled desire walking into this year. We had hope, we had expectations, we had things we prayed for. It didn't work out on our timetable. That doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just didn't work out on our timetable. Maybe that's why the scripture says, through faith and endurance, we inherit promises. When Jairus' little girl died and Jesus, yeah, Jairus' dad, his dad, or Jairus' dad came to Jesus. He said, Jesus, can you come? Jesus is the word. Can you come to my house? My little girl's dying and can you come lay your hands on her and she will become well? Jesus, the word said, I will walk with that faith. The word was walking with Jairus all the way back to his house. Then he got interrupted by a woman with a blood situation. She got healed and they got news. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter has died. Jesus looked at him and said, do not be afraid, only keep believing. In other words, if you stop believing and buy into their report, I am the word, I'll stop walking toward your house. I need you to have some endurance so that the word can keep coming to your house because that word's about to resurrect. That word's about to heal. That word's about to give life. Somebody give the Lord a clap and a shout if you got that. Good teaching, Rex. Come on. How am I doing on time? He says, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Oh, man, we need a revelation. God is with me. How different would it be if Jesus showed up to you in your room and said, hey, when you go into that contract, when you go into that business tomorrow and you're working on cars, when you go to that business of insurance, or if you, you're going to the military, or if you work, hey, I'm with you. If you're raising your kids, I am with you. Would that shift your expectation level? Would that change your engagement level? If you really had a revelation, I'm with you. I remember being in a hospital in India, not a hospital like they have in America, after all these death threats on us as we speak. I love, by the way, persecution. It tells me that the anointing's there. The devil only raises his head with accusation where there's power to overthrow his kingdom. I remember being in this hospital, and it looked completely lifeless. I mean, people just laying there all over this mass room. And I remember walking there, and it looked, people's flesh was just dying, and it was disgusting and smelling. It was horrible. And I remember feeling intimidated by the atmosphere. And then he said to me, remember, I am with you. Don't act like I'm not. I am with you. I parted the Red Sea. I was with Moses. I was with jo Joseph when in the middle of a prison, and he prospered in a prison. I was with Elisha when I multiplied the widow's oil. I was with Jesus. I am with you, Rex. What if you got a revelation? Not information, but it dropped from your head to your spirit that Jesus is with me. When I walk into a business, when I'm having conversations with kids that aren't acting right, when I'm around crazy situations, he's with me. God, increase my awareness that you're with me. 
how different would you be? Would you be bolder? Would you be brighter? Would you care more? Come on, when we feel less, we give less, love less, risk less. But when you're aware of how full you are, you give more, you love more, you share more, we get a better version of you, not the discount version. Smile, come on somebody. This isn't what I was planning on saying, but let me just keep going. You prepare a table, but it's in the presence of my enemies. Oh, anybody battling anything in here? Your struggle's proof you've not been conquered yet. Let me say that again. That's a tweetable moment. If Oprah texts me later, I'm going to say that was a good one. Watch, watch. Your struggle is proof you've not been conquered yet. Warfare and battle always surround the birth of every miracle. That's why you usually feel the most fear, intimidation, situations arise right at the point where you're about to give birth to the something great because the enemy's trying to get you to commit an abortion early and kill the very thing that God birthed in your heart to give birth to. He likes stillborns, the devil does. He doesn't mind you carrying the dream. He wants to stop you from giving birth to the dream. That's why he always raises a Herod spirit up right at the point where God's ready to give birth to the word inside you. Because some of you felt under crazy pressure. Any of you women ever been pregnant up in here? I ain't going to act like I have because I haven't. Because a man can't be pregnant regardless of what Joe Biden says. It don't work that way. Simple anatomy. Check what you got, and that determines what you produce. It's getting hot in here. Take off all your clothes. All right. Some of you have been feeling pressure, especially the first quarter, the first you know, month of this year. In fact, 92%, I was doing a thing with Tony Robbins people uh, this past, uh, past couple weeks, 92% of people that started New Year's resolutions have already bought off the, gotten off, they've already broke the cycle. We all started with great intentions this year, come on. And we have these ideas that we're to give birth to, and then they, then they don't. It's easy to quit and go, oh, shoot, see, I knew you never push above average. I knew you don't ever do this. I knew you could never break that habit. I knew you'll never get free. I know you'll never give birth to that. And then your history starts telling you, your Rolodex of your mind, you've been through too much. If you would have made that decision, you would have been here. And then your mind goes into shame mode. Come on. To disqualify you from still giving birth to what's in you because it keeps you on the history channel of your mind, not the discovery channel of your mind. Your memory replays your past. Your imagination preplays your future. Wherever you set your mind is what you pick up and feel. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, and so does he become. Wow, that God would put a great mind in you, that your mind and your thoughts can shed and chart your course. That's why I had you speak God's thoughts. I will fear no evil. I will not lack, and God will be with me even in the presence of my enemies.
Okay, then he says this in verse six, this is where I need to go. Because you watch, you'll deliver me from the, in the presence of my enemies. And it says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Can I just share this real quickly? Is it, I don't usually teach like this in a Bible, but let me just teach. You wanna know why a shepherd anoints his sheep? Number one, because of the arid desert, it's tough for a sheep to breathe and they get very, very dehydrated and they overheat and so they stop following the shepherd. So a shepherd will go get oil and he puts it on his hands and he begins to rub the sheep because when he does, the oil gets into the fibers of the skin, gets into his body and it cools him down and it reinvigorates the sheep that he can follow the shepherd. It reduces his strength. But the second reason a shepherd anoints his sheep is because when they travel, bugs get in their eyes. Bugs are always symbolic of demonic influence in our life and the world. The circumstances and things of life get in your eyes that they can't see. Sheep can only see 10 feet in front of them. So when they're in the presence of a shepherd, the shepherd will run. I've watched this. Where Elijah was fed by blind birds. I watched this one day in the middle of Israel, a shepherd run. He has oil on his hands. He pursues the sheep, not the sheep pursues the shepherd. If you look at this today, you might be in defeat because you feel you've lost your spirit, you've lost your mojo, you lost your momentum, come on. You can't see how this is gonna end up. You can't see the future God promised and you got a shepherd today. His name's Jesus and he's running with oil in his hands to reinvigorate you and to lift those bugs off your eyes so you can see the good shepherd. Give the Lord a clap and a shout, that's good knowledge. How about time, okay? So here's where I needed to go. Verse six, surely, not maybe, not we'll see. Come on, someone say surely. Slap the person next to you, say he ain't talking about a woman. Someone say surely. Let's use the NIV, the nearly inspired version. Come on, watch. Certainly, goodness and favor are going to chase me down all the days of my life. That does not mean every day is going to feel dreamy. That's not going to be like every day you're in a relationship. Oh my gosh, I'm so in love. I feel so emotional and connected. We're just one. It's not like that. Come on. That doesn't mean all your kids are going to act right. Come on. They're still going to be missing teeth. They're going to still be texting too much. Come on. Some kids will still be looking at the wrong thing on TikTok. Come on, somebody. And as a parent, you're like, throw, throw that thing away. Come on. But surely, goodness, goodness, goodness. You want a prophecy for your life? A true prophecy from Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith that you will one day see who died and rose again and went to hell for you and took your pain, your poverty, and every ill. He said, surely, surely, Rex, goodness, 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 goodness shall chase you down all the days of your life. David lived favor-minded. Surely goodness and favor. Surely goodness and favor. Surely goodness and favor. I remember I was sitting in the middle of Iowa. I was speaking at a conference. 
this really attractive lady, maybe 15 years my senior, she came to the table and she said, hey, can I speak with you? I said, sure. She goes, can I tell you my story? And I'm going to tell like she said, okay? No stones. Okay, is that fair? Is that okay? It's not PC. I won't cuss, but it's not PC. She said, um, I was born mentally retarded. I go, you don't look that way. <laughs> she goes, no, let me tell you my story. I was born mentally retarded. And I don't I cringe at that word because we use different words today. But back then, by the way, I wish we used some of the words we used back then. When life used to be so funny. Don't tell me Saturday Night Live in living color and friends weren't funny shows. They would all be kicked off. You wouldn't have Phoebe. You wouldn't have Ross. You wouldn't have Rachel. You wouldn't have Jim Carrey. You wouldn't have, come on, I've been to his house and spoke, Eddie Murphy. You wouldn't have none of those funny cats. Anyway, I don't like that. That's making fun of so-so. I think we should all make fun of ourselves. You're all a little weird. The Bible says God knows your frame. He knows you're a little weird. That's why he created you, because you was different. Your similarity creates comfort, but your different creates your rewards. Let's not curse your different, because your different is what you're to live rewarded for. Good word, Rex Crane. Come on, bring it on. Bring it on, young hustler. So he said to me, she says to me, she goes, I was born this way. And I go, okay, what happened? She goes, my grandmother took me to a church service when I was 13. I had to go on the handicap buses. Kids made fun of me. I got mocked. Got called every horrible name. She said it was horrible. I was living under the power of everybody else's definition of me. And in my heart was a desire to play basketball. But they didn't let me play with the other kids because of my handicap and my learning deficit. Isn't it amazing one area of your life can hamstrung and handicap everything else? Isn't it interesting that the enemy could take one area that's not great and build an identity out of it so you ignore all the 98% of your life that's freaking awesome and you focus on what you're not rather than whose you are? Where are you living blind in a fake identity because your identity is based on an issue or an insecurity and not who God says. So you define your future based on how you see yourself, but you see yourself as I went through a divorce, I went through a bankruptcy, I went through this, and you discount yourself in your brain because you've lost the other 90% of what God says you are. You are blessed. You are favored. You're going from glory to glory. You can do all things through Christ. You are redeemed. By the way, if faith is ever to work for your life and create a great future, it can't just be thought. It's got to be spoke. God's looking for mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Whatever he speaks to you must be spoken through you or it never gives birth on the planet. Stop saying what your boss says about you, what your credit card says about you, your bank account says about you. Why don't you get what God says about you back in your mouth? When God wants to change your world, he doesn't just change your head. He got to change your mouth. God came to Jeremiah. He says, hey, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I approved of you. You're just what I wanted. I anointed you. He said, I can't. I'm young. I'm a youth. I can't do this. I can't do that. And God said, don't say that. In my translation, shut up. 
Come on. Some of you ought to talk to your own feelings that are telling you God's word won't happen. Shut up. Stop listening to your feelings and listen to the voice of God. Shut up, feelings. A couple of weeks ago, my body started feeling unwell. I've been traveling like crazy speaking night in, night out. It takes a toll on you. And as you know, I don't sit behind a platform. I'm full throttle. And then I stay for two, three hours and pray for sick people because it's his ministry. Well, it's not the pop. Well, aren't you afraid what people are going to think about you? I divorced that a long time ago. I was offered a lot of money to forsake praying for people to go Hollywood. And I said, no, because the calling of the one I'm going to stand before is worth it. I can't be bought. I would rather stand up, pray for the sick, than you put me with so-and-so, so-and-so. I get a chance to be with the king. There's nobody greater than him. There's nobody greater than you. There's nobody greater than you. Oh, Rex, we're going to put you with Prince tonight. Prince is coming to hear you speak tonight. Awesome. Okay, Ryan Seacrest is going to have you here. We're doing this with Magic Johnson. The only thing, Rex, we're going to make a lot of money. I remember sitting in the Beverly Hills Hotel. Reese Witherspoon, James Caan, all these cool people. Feeling life, feeling good. Then all of a sudden they said, but you can't mention Jesus and you can't pray for people. I said, you got the wrong guy. You got the wrong freaking dude. Rex, but you can make so much money. You can become a global success and you can become the next Tony Robbins. I don't want to become Tony Robbins. I know Tony Robbins. I don't want to become Tony Robbins. I know God and I'm going to stand before him. He made me. I want to be me. I don't want to sell out for money. I want to sell out on integrity. This is good. Favor. So this woman told me, she goes, I went to a church service. Mentally retarded. She said she was sitting there, and they saw, told the scripture, Psalm 512, the minister said, says the Lord will bless the righteous. Someone say, that's me. Come on, someone say, that's me. Someone say, that's me. Hey. Come on, be like when you came from. We came from the inner city. Come on. We was like, hey, come on. We wasn't like the white. I know I'm a white person, but we wasn't like the white rich people. Come on. We was like, we got blessed. Hey. I got soul in me, man. She goes, the Lord will bless the righteous and favor surrounds him like a shield. She said, I just didn't hear the words. I got a picture of it. I love you. Thank you. I like patted myself like I just had makeup on. That was awesome. I live with women. What are you going to do? She said, I saw that before people ever got to me and my weakness, my handicap, they had to come in contact with the shield of God's favor on my life. So she said at 13 and 14, she started walking around. God's favor's on my life. I'm not going to be slow anymore. God's favor's on my life. I'm not going to be handicapped anymore. God's favor's on my life. I'm going to play basketball with the other kids. God's favor surrounds my life. I'm coming out of this. God's favor's on, no, I didn't deserve it. I did not earn it. But the word of God says my favor. She told me, she said, they would not let me play my freshman year in high school. She graduated, true story, the valedictorian of her high school and the number one women's basketball player that's ever come out of the state of Oklahoma because the favor of God, the approval, the grace 
So I was so excited. I remember coming back home and I was doing an event with my friends T and Tamara Mowry, the girls from Sister Sister. And I was sitting there and I go, hey, I'm going tomorrow to go meet George Bush. You want to come with me? And they go, yeah. I go, I got to tell you something. I met this woman and she had this whole great thing about favor and I studied it all the way home. It means God's special benefits, God's approval, God's acceptance. Anybody want that? Come on, LeBron's got Nike that swooshes him for a billion dollars. You got a better endorsement deal. You got Jehovah Elyon, Jehovah Rapha the healer, Jehovah Jireh the provider. Come on, the one that hung the stars in the sky and he backs you? He's your PR man? And you're nervous? I mean, how are we gonna do it? How are we gonna survive? Oh, no, 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 don't let fear get the best of you and stop making you take your eyes off your father. He's the great I am, not the great I was broke. He ain't Jehovah sickness, he's Jehovah Rapha. He's not Jehovah mental illness, he's Jehovah shalom, your peace. Watch how powerful. I told this to Tita Mary, she goes, they're like, okay, whatever. Because I was just telling her, I was so excited. So we went to go meet George Bush and the big plane came in and they put us in this little caged area, Stacy. And I was sitting there and all these people had passes to get on Air Force One and I didn't. And I got hooked up just through a friend of mine with uh, the government and who I did ministry for. I actually raised him out of a coma, true story. The guy was in a coma with tubes down his trach, and I went into a room, and I pulled him out, and the guy came out instantaneously, and he walked out of there 48 hours. That's a true story. When you help other people get free, they want to do blessings for you. So I'm standing in a, in a, in a circle, and everyone else had things, and they're like, oh, I'm going on the plane. Everyone had 20-minute tours except for me. And I said to T, I go, T, I learned something yesterday, and I'm going to use this right now. She says, don't make a scene, Rex. It's a true story. I go, I got it. I want to get on that plane. If all these other people that don't know God and they get benefits, how much more? I know whose I am. Not who I am. I know whose I am. Someone's going to get a revelation whose you are. Then you're going to give it to your kids. You're going to give it to your ninos and your ninas. Come on, somebody. You're going to give it to come on, your little nieces and your nephews. You're going to give it to your grandparents. What I got, you got to get it, put it in you. Don't break the rhythm, don't stop it. That's not Hillsong, that's Red Hot Chili Peppers. How am I doing on time? Got five minutes. Okay, I got to pray for people. Watch. And you're doing great, by the way, playing behind me. You're awesome. It's like Nordstrom. I love this. This is awesome. I'm on aisle 18. Show me the Viore. <laughs> Laughter does good like medicine. Kids laugh 180 to 205 times a day, adults four to eight. Why don't you smile and laugh and do yourself good? Burn some fat, come on. Open your neurons, let your muscles just laugh, smile, breathe. So I said to Tierra, I go, I go, watch this. Don't worry about it, I got this all under control. This is in 2004 or whatever, five, whatever it was. I said, the favor of God surrounds me like a shield. I'm gonna get on that plane. T's like, shut up, Rex, you're making a scene. I go, I don't care. Look at these freaking people. I'm God's person. I'm gonna get on that plane. 
I know where I want to go, yo. Hook me up. I'm a magnet. Some of you, if you start living favor-minded, opportunities are going to start hitting for you. If you always focus on what's not working out, you're going to get more of it. You focus on what you're not, you'll feel lost. You focus on what did not work out, you start to feel a lot of disappointment and dread, and you start expecting it. You start focusing, looking for the favor of God on your life. Maybe God closed some doors for you because he wants to open other words, and you keep trying to open an old door that God shut, and his favor's already shifted your path, and you're still trying on an old thing when he's trying to get you into a new thing. You like the old thing because it's familiar, but the familiar was killing your faith. So he shut the old thing because faith is what pleases him in our life. And therefore he opened a new thing that's bigger than where you currently are. And now you're having to use your faith again. Don't curse the new because it don't feel like the old. Jesus can't put the new wine into an old wineskin. God's shifting things for you. Stop trying to go back to what used to work. Okay, watch, gotta be fast. So the head pilot walks down, she's a woman. There's 11 pilots on Air Force One. It's a dope plane. I wouldn't wanna go on it now though. It's probably like a hospital, come on like elderly people. I pray for him, don't worry. And I, that doesn't mean I'm a 100% Trump guy either. I'm a Jesus guy. I work with both sides. I prophesied to James Keith with Project Veritas. I ministered to him a couple weeks ago. Then I have friends that live with the Obamas right now that want to screw up America. Friends that live in his house I talk to. God loves everybody. He loves people you don't like. He wants to bless people you hate people you wish were dead, he wants to heal. You're never more like your heavenly father when you desire mercy and truth. God loves truth, but he loves mercy. Err on the side of mercy. Err on the side of mercy. That doesn't mean you believe the lie. You just stand for the truth, but err on the side of mercy. If you want miracles, you gotta have mercy. The reason I see so many miracles is because of mercy. Three, two, three days ago, three, four cripples in one night, people walked in, go look at the videos, running, a lady completely paralyzed in her face for two and a half years and deaf, ears popped open. Yesterday, a 16-year-old man, a young boy, blind since birth, his eyes open because God is merciful. Jesus is merciful. God is merciful. God is good. Someone say, goodness is coming my way. Oh, gosh, I got to fast. I got 40 seconds. I'll finish this. The lady comes down. She comes toward me, and she goes, who are you? There's like 60 people. And I go, I'm the favorite of God. She was like, you're kind of weird. I smiled. She goes, but there's like an aura around you. I go, oh, my gosh, I know. I feel so centered. And I didn't even go on a yoga mat. The 
The Bible says in Acts 4.13, they recognized Peter and John untrained, unschooled, didn't have the pedigree, didn't have the background, but they recognized they had been with Jesus. They'd been with Jesus. They abided in the vine. They were faithful when it wasn't good and when it was good. When Jesus made it easy and when he said, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And a lot departed, they didn't depart. They kept abiding and they kept walking with him. Come on. You can believe in Jesus and live in sin, but you can't follow Jesus and live in sin. I can believe in Jesus and choose to be gay. You can't follow Jesus and continue to live that lifestyle. I can believe in God and live in fear, but I can't follow Jesus and live in fear. I can believe in God and live sick and broke. I can't follow Jesus, the good shepherd, and stay sick, stay mentally ill, stay broke, stay anxious. Why? Because goodness and mercy, somebody say goodness and mercy goodness and mercy are chasing me down I'm over shoot flip an A dang it oh. is this helpful why because when you don't have the, the prayer and the faith cheerleaders tomorrow when you wake up and your feelings want to counsel you like oh flip it's you know it's raining outside I don't want to be on faith cloud today. I want to be hopeful. You're going to wake up with my voice in your head saying, goodness is chasing you down today. Get off your booty. Raise your level of expectation. I want to declare over my children, my life, my mind, God's goodness and his favor and mercy. That means even if my boss don't like me, God's favor will sick him till he wants me to like me. It happened for Joseph. Have it for Daniel, 10 times better. God didn't deliver them from Iraq underneath Nebuchadnezzar. He gave them favor that made them 10 times better. But favor needs your cooperation. Mary, who headlines the Catholic Church, Mother Mary, God showed up to her and goes, yo, you're favored to carry God's dream, the Messiah. Even though she was a favored person, for favor to work on her path, she said to say and confess, yes, I'm the one, I agree. Let it be to me the way you say it, God. So you could be a favored person, but it waters down because you're not saying, yes, God, I'll agree with what you say. Yes, God, I'll agree with what you say. I'll agree with what you say. Watch how powerful. That lady comes down, she goes, man, you got a different spirit on you. I go, you're not teasing. She goes, they all get 20-minute tours. I've never done this in the history of my time with the Air Force One. Wait until they all get done. And is like, what did you do? I go, I'm serious about this favor thing. It's invisible force, but it's God's presence and grace and goodness on that makes you stand out, not blend in. Because God gets more glory out of your success than out of your failure. He gets more glory out of your healing than out of pain. He gets more glory out of your turnaround. This is a turnaround season today. This is why I'm telling he's anointing you with oil for a turnaround in here. Psalm 44, because of your favor, my enemies did not triumph over me. Because of your favor, what's the enemy you don't want triumphing over you? Is it bad thoughts? Is it a disease? Is it your kids acting up? Is it an addiction? Is it bondage? What is the enemy? Is it black? I don't know about you. I start saying, because of your favor, my enemy, and you name it, will not triumph over me. 
Loneliness will not triumph over me. Jealousy and bitterness will not triumph over me. Divorce will not triumph over me. Debt will not triumph over me. Watch out, Pastor. She goes, I'm going to take you up those steps, and I'm going to give you something I don't give nobody. I said, that sounds about right. I smiled real big. Do you smile everywhere you go? You ain't teasing. You got 82 muscles in your face, and God references in the Bible 64 times how you hold your face. Why are you so sad, David? Why are you so sad, Elijah? Pick it up. He's the help of your face, your countenance. Some of you look like you serve the God of debt, not the God of heaven. Some of you look like you serve your sickness. It's my diabetes. Why is it yours? Maybe it's something you're battling. Why does it have to be my mental illness? I, when did you decide to own it? How was it done for your life? My depression. Don't ask me to pray for you if it's yours. You obviously like it because it gives you an identity of what's wrong with you. You've been into an inferior God, a dethroned devil. She gave me a two-hour, 28-minute tour. I sat in the cockpit. They gave me China off the airplane. And when I walked on, the people go, man, I feel like I want to cry. Who are you? Like, you don't, you're not like one of the famous people that come, but you're different. I go, oh, you know, you ain't just, I went in George Bush's bed and jumped. <laughs> I wasn't serious, praise God. Lighten up a little bit. Become a kid again. Go splash in some puddles. Smile, color with your kids. Lift your hands and thank God you got a family. You got a church. You got redemption. You got mercy. I'm done speaking. Give the Lord a clap and a shout. Give the Lord a clap and a shout in here. I want every person to grab the hand of the person on your left and your right. Cross the aisle. I want you to hear me and close your eyes. If you say today, Rex, hey, listen. I've either never known God, I've never had a relationship with him. And I know that sin separates me and I don't want it to separate me no more. I want a relationship with the goodness of God. I don't want to do it to Frank Sinatra. I did it my own way because I'm limited there. I want to go back to my manufacturer. I want to go back to my designer, my creator, the one that made me to love me. Or maybe you used to walk strong with God and man, you got sidetracked. Life hits you and you, you walked away from your faith and faith isn't working for you anymore because you're not working it. And you say today, I want to come back to Jesus. I want forgiveness of my sins. I want the favor that you've talked about, the goodness of God, to bring healing to my heart, my mind, my marriage, my family. I want him to overcome and turn around debt. I want him to overcome and turn around illness. I want him to overcome and turn around anxiety. If that's you today, on the count of three, I want you to squeeze someone's hand on your left and your right as an act of, hey, this is me today, Rex, pray for me. One, two, three, squeeze if that's you. Now, if somebody just squeezed your hand, I want you to lift their hand up high. Lift their hand up high. If someone squeezed you, look at all these awesome hands across. Every one of us is going to pray a prayer, and we're going to mean it. If you don't mean it or if you're going to do it religiously, don't pray it. 
This isn't a prayer to be religious. This is a prayer to connect with the living king who beat death, who beat everything that challenges us. Say, Jesus, say, Jesus, I feel you in here. I'm aware that you're here. I'm aware that you're talking to me today. I got areas in my life that are out of order, things that separate me from you. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for holding on to hurt and bitterness towards people's lives and even bitterness towards you, God. I understand today that you have goodness for my future. So by an act of my faith, I say, let it be to me. Cleanse me with your blood. Be my healer, my victory, and turn things around in my life by your favor. Your favor's turning my family around. Your favor's turning my health around. Your favor's turning my mind around. From this moment in 2024, goodness, mercy, favor, goodness, mercy, favor, goodness, mercy, favor are chasing me down. Give the Lord a clap and a shout and give Him praise. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.